Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knutson had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. In today's episode, I'm speaking with a listener. One of our listeners contacted us. He said, Anthony, I'm a civil engineer. I work in transportation and I have a, a really big career decision to make. Do I stay in private consulting or do I go into government with the potential goal of coming back to private? It's a pretty interesting challenge or decision that he has to make. So I figured rather than just consulting him on it, why not have him come on the podcast? Because I'm sure it's a decision that many civil engineers will make or will have to make in their careers. And so that's exactly what we did. And so he and I will be having kind of a discussion or kind of a coaching session slash discussion through this episode to try to help him make this decision. And I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about will be very useful to many civil engineers. So I'm really excited about this episode. Now, before we get into this conversation, I do want to remind you to please stick around until the end of this episode for my essential career advancement tips. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical advice and the best resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. Thanks to our sponsor, PPI. You won't want to miss it. I also want to mention one other thing. I've had the opportunity to travel around the country to over 30 states speaking for engineers and engineering organizations on how to become effective managers and leaders in the engineering field. And one of the big things I discovered is that technical professionals don't naturally make good managers. We just don't. We need to develop our managerial skills. And that's why we've developed the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop. This is a five-week online course. It'll just take you a couple of hours a week, and we'll go through several skill-building sessions to help you become a better communicator with teams and clients, to help you network and build relationships, to help you be productive as possible, as well as billable as possible, which I know you and your supervisors will be happy about. We also talk about building expertise and mastering public speaking, which is really super important if you want to have that reputation in this field and industry. And then we get into high output management, helping you become better at delegating and how to use teams effectively and build strong teams. The program has been very successful. We've had some of the biggest companies in the country enroll people, but we also take individual enrollments. And 90% of those that have enrolled have gotten reimbursed from their company. So all you need to do is go to engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. If you're an individual wanting to enroll, click the individuals tab. There's a one page with a video where you can read and register. If you're with a company and you want to enroll multiple people, just click the corporate tab and just fill out the form and we'll get back to you. Again, it's engineer2manager.com. I promise you, you will be happy with this course. And if you're not, you'll get a full money back and that's a guarantee. All right. So now I'd like to introduce our guest for today's civil engineering conversation. And for purposes of keeping him anonymous, I'm just going to call him John. But of course, this was kind of a sensitive career decision, so he did want to stay anonymous. John is a professional engineer with over 10 years of experience in transportation design as a senior engineer and project manager. Working on projects large and small for various municipalities throughout his state, 
ranging from intersection modifications and resurfacing projects for cities and counties to major highway projects for the Department of Transportation. He also has leadership and personnel management experience and is involved in the community and passionate about STEM education and outreach. We didn't do a hot seat segment in this episode. However, we do take a short break and then we come back at the end. We really talk about his passion and fulfillment and we really kind of tie the whole thing up. So I think it's a really hopefully useful episode all the way through for you as a civil engineer in your career. All right, let's jump into today's civil engineering conversation. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now it's time for the Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week. And I have with me today one of our listeners who is has a basically a, a big career decision to make, and he wanted some kind of advice and some guidance. So we're going to chat here a bit, and I thought it might be a helpful episode to put this out there for some of you that might have to make similar career decisions. So welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate you taking my call, and I'm looking forward to this coaching session. All right. So just for the audience's sake, why don't you just give us a little bit of your background in terms of what part of civil engineering are you involved in and how long have you been practicing? Okay. So I've been practicing civil engineering for a little over 11 years now. I'm in the field of transportation, highway design. Started out as a project engineer right out of school doing ITS engineering. That stands for Intelligent Transportation Systems. And from then, I did a couple different things, went through, uh, did some drainage at a much larger uh, company, did drainage engineering, and then uh, did some work with tolls, but then ended up really finding that I really like doing transportation highway design, which involves geometric design of highway and roadway facilities. And I really enjoyed that because As a highway designer on the projects that I work on, typically take on a project management role. And engineering management has always been something I was interested in. Took on that role. And and the reason you take on a project management role is because as a highway design civil engineer, you typically are coordinating with multiple disciplines on your projects. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of engineering. I ended up getting a master's in engineering management as well. And that's basically been my career. And now I'm a a project manager within my firm. I was at a large, very large organization for over 10 years. And about a, a little over, I guess I would say eight, nine months ago, made a transition to a much smaller firm just for a different opportunity and a different change. So this is a private firm, correct? Yes, private firm. And the, the company I was at before was publicly traded firm and learned a ton because I was able to to work on very complex, multi-million, multi-billion dollar projects. And so I learned a lot from that. And then the decision I made to switch to a smaller firm was one, to get into a private firm, but also, you know, from talking with people within the industry, going to a smaller firm gives you a little bit more opportunities to wear more hats, but also get more involved in the business development side of things at a little bit younger of an age. Because as many people know, in a large organization, you know, moving up the, the corporate ladder and, and getting to those positions takes a lot longer. But I was ready to make that type of move. Why don't you now describe your dilemma or your career decision that you're facing here that you're considering? I've been at the smaller firm now and, and I'm enjoying it. And so, you know, I'm on a hopefully a path to be a, a VP in the near in the next few years. And I'm liking it. And there's a lot of opportunities for business development, but I've heard 
from a lot of people in the industry that it's, you know, I've worked with people that have worked on the client side from, um, you know, I do a lot of work with government. So most of my clients are through the Department of Transportation. And I've heard it's it's great experience to actually work on that side of things. And it gives you a much better perspective of how things happen. As I said in my question behind the curtain, I've always been on the private side of things. And so my question is, is that a when or if is it a good move to maybe make a transition over to possibly the public side of things as the client, possibly either as a client or, or working for a general engineering consultant. And so a general engineering consultant typically is hired to be an extension of the government staff. And I've heard that's great experience because you learn about everything that, that goes on. What are the things that are challenges for them internally? And then by doing that, you know, you spend years doing that, you make yourself a lot more marketable and you can potentially, you know, start your own business one day or, and have much better connections than just being on the private side. But I've also heard that, you know, there's some downsides to that too, because typically as a, on that, that side of things, you're more concerned with the bigger picture in regards to the projects that are being done, the funding and all that stuff, but you're doing a lot less actual engineering work. The project management is a little bit different. Right now as a consultant, you know, even though I'm managing projects, I'm still doing a lot of engineering and and so I'm wondering, is that, you know, I, engineering is something I'm passionate about, but also management is something I'm passionate about as well. And so I'm wondering if I make that transition, when or if I make that kind of transition, you know, is that a good thing or, or am I going to, is it going to be something that will completely detach me from the engineering side of things? And Anthony, I listened to a lot of your podcasts and the other day you had one on big picture thinking versus detail-oriented thinking, and there is a scale you gave for being detail-oriented thinking and big-picture thinking, and I find myself kind of going back and forth between the two, and I would say I'm, I would rate myself on that scale kind of like a five. I'm right in the middle. I'm a big-picture guy, but I also am a detail-oriented guy. I've come to a point in my career where, where I'm at now, I'm, I'm in a good situation, and, and I like it, but at the same time, I'm also I'm always thinking big picture. Okay, is this what's going to get me to the next level? Is it better to go eventually go to that side of things? So that's my question. It's very, I'm all over the place and it's a little bit more complex. Now you made it pretty clear. Just this GEC, because I'm not familiar with the term and you did explain it, but is that a, are you a government employee or are you a contractor working for the government? No, basically you're a consultant working for the government, but more as an extension of their staff. So a lot of the DOTs, or actually, I think every DOT, every state DOT, at least in the United States, for a certain type of program will typically hire a GEC to be an extension of their staff. And, and those companies that do it, you have to have a lot of staff to win a GEC contract. And so it's usually the bigger companies that hold those contracts. So I'll just give you an example for, say, an expressway authority they might hire a GEC, a general engineering consultant, for five years. It's typically a five-year contract. And then after that five years, you have to basically get reselected. And if you've done a good job, you get reselected. And they hire that company that has the GEC with the staff to help them manage their projects, help them run their processes. And so these contracts are, you know, you get a lot of good experience on it. And you can also get the same experience going to the government side 
but there's challenges with that, more challenges than being on the, the consultant side, I guess. All right. So that's all good information. And I think you've made it clear. So let me ask you this question. If we were talking in 10 years from now and your career kind of went exactly the way you wanted it to go, what would you be doing or what would it look like at that time? I would see myself somewhere working on projects that are, are rewarding as a much more higher level type individual, say as a, in a role as a, you know, a senior leader, like a, a senior VP that's helping with the, the more so the operations of the business of any business, any consultant side. So I think I could see myself doing, you know, in 10 years from now, that's where I'd want to see myself more on the operations side, still involved with projects, but at a much higher, much higher level projects that I find rewarding as well. In government or as a consultant? Probably as a consultant. So what people will do is, you know, they'll go work on the government side of things for five, 10 years, and then they'll get hired by a consultant because they have such valuable connections with the client side of things. And they'll be hired on as either senior VP or a partner within a company. I guess the route to get there, both routes I go is is going to get me there. It's just determining what will be more rewarding to me. Because one thing I've noticed is switching to a smaller company is it, there's been a lot of benefits to it. But the same, there's also some things that I used to work on that I probably won't have a chance to work on in terms of like the bigger scale, larger scale projects. But it's all scalable too. So the smaller projects run just like the bigger projects really. The way that I see it here is that there's four different options. One option is to stay with the company you're in. A second option would be to go to another company in the private sector that maybe is a little bit bigger since you sounds like sometimes you get a little bit too much stuck up in the engineering and the details still, which may not be ideal at this point in your career. The third option would be to go and work for one of these GECs potentially and consult for the government. And then the fourth option would be to, to work directly for the government essentially. Right. So how big is your current company in terms of employees right now? I would say around 300 people. Oh, okay. So it's not a small company, smaller than where you were. It's not extremely small. You know, it covers a few states, but there is a lot of opportunity. It's smaller in regard to what I do. Oh, I see. There's a small department that does what you do, which is why you get caught up in the projects a lot. Oh, yeah. And I just don't know how much, but there's a lot of opportunity for me to grow that department as well. That's important right there, what you just said. I mean, and I think it comes down then to what you really want to do. I mean, it sounds to me like part of your reason for going to the GEC or government tract would essentially be a tool to allow you to develop your networking, your business development skills, some of your project knowledge, and then use that knowledge to then get back into consulting and get back with a company similar to your own and grow in that company and become essentially like an, an owner, a partner. Right. So I guess we can really look at it as like two options, which is stay with your company or maybe go to a company that has a little bit of a larger department in what you do or go to the government GEC side, which is just taking a little bit of a different track. Both of them getting you to become kind of like an owner, a high level person in one of these firms, right? in a private firm. Correct. All right. So, I mean, the question really is, it comes down to, are there any other benefits to going the GEC government route 
that other than like the business development and the contact database, are there any other benefits over where you are now that track? There's definitely a little bit more stability to it. You know, I have a family and all that stuff. And so I know you were a small firm as partner and you know how it can be as a consultant. Some weeks are good and some weeks can be all over the place in terms of your hours you're working and your deadlines. And it can be different, especially during when times are a little harder. There's not as much stability on the government side of things. There's at least a perceived stability to that side. There's a little bit more stability from what I've heard and a little bit more consistency in terms of your work-life balance, at least from what I've heard from people that work in that environment. You know, I can't firsthand say that's definitely the case. And from some of the things I've been reading, there, nothing is truly secure or stable, but there's certain things that are a little bit more stable based on just being in a, a larger environment, larger, I guess, organization versus being in a small company. So there's that aspect, I guess, to it. So a little bit more stability, work-life balance on the government side from what I've heard from people that work there that used to be consultants like myself. But conversely, I think there's a little bit more flexibility to what I do now just because of my schedule and, and how I work. It's the company I'm at, I really like it and they're a good company. So I'm, you know, short-term goals, I think what I'm doing now is fulfilling that. But then there's, you know, I'm trying to think long-term as well. All, you know, thinking of my short-term, long-term goals, I guess. The challenge here is that really probably both tracks can potentially get you to where you want to go. The couple things that pop up for me is in, in the beginning, you said that you're on track to be a VP at your current company. You also said it's a really good company. It's growing 300 people. So if you're on track to be there, I don't know how long it would take, but if it takes a couple of years, it's kind of going to get you to where you want to go relatively quickly. On the other hand, I don't know how fast you'll be able to learn business development and grow your contact database at your current firm as opposed to going to work with the GEC, where it does sound like maybe you will grow some of those skills in your contact database relatively quickly in three to five years if you go that route, which also does sound attractive and also sounds like it would make you a valuable person to hire beyond that point or at that point. Some of the things that I would look at is I would try to look at it in terms of like a three to five year window and try to really hash out the positives and the negatives to each of these two options. One approach is to say, listen, you're not that far off in your current firm. It's a good company. You like it there. It's growing. I would just kind of buckle up, put a lot of effort in there, learn BD, build that department, and you could really have a lot of success because whenever someone really builds a department in a firm and you grow that department to a big department, you're probably going to be doing very well for yourself. However, what I would consider about the other option is the family side of it is that if you have young kids, let's say, and the next five years or so would be beneficial for you to have much more stable and much more stable in terms of hours and salary for five years while you can build up your contact database. And then when your kids are a little older, you can go into a more rigorous job. That's also like another consideration, which is something that you would ultimately have to determine. But that's how I would look at those two things. The one thing I can tell you from my experience is a lot of very successful engineering professionals started departments in their firm and they grew those departments. And that's how they really became, got to the top of their company because when you're at the top of a department and when you're, or when you have a large part in growing a department and there becomes many people underneath you that are also then working in that department, 
you're going to be high up in the firm. That's the way it works. And so you kind of need to evaluate your own skill sets. And if you think that that's something that you can do, I think that that's a really good opportunity. If you think that you're going to have a better shot long-term at being where you want to be in 10 years by getting the contacts and the GEC experience, then that's something to consider. But all things being said, it's something that's very dependent upon yourself in terms of what you want to sign up for because they're two different things. I mean, growing a department is a lot of work. It looks like you're in a position to do it, but it is a lot of work. And not that the other job working for a GEC is not a lot of work, but like you said, your hours may be a little bit more regulated in terms of closer to 40 hours a week as opposed to the other track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you definitely hit the, the nail on the head there. And it's definitely exciting to me. And I guess I'm one thing I'm conflicted about is I know that it's a great experience to help grow a department, grow a group and do the business development, the marketing, and also manage all the projects that I'm working on as well. But with that comes definitely a lot of sweat equity, which I've the last 11, 12 years of my career I've done. And then another part of it is, you know, going transitioning from being the technical manager to more of a, a manager of the process and the people and slowly detaching from engineering and and just figuring out, you know, right at this current where I'm at now, I'll be doing that for a while longer and it it will be a much slower transition. Whereas if I took the other role, it'd be kind of a, you're fully transitioned now to managing at a much higher level and you're not involved in any of the, the really the detail type work, which, you know, just trying to figure out when a good time is to transition away from that as well. We all got into engineering because we had somewhat of a passion for engineering, right? And so, I'm at a crossroads. Let me ask you this question. Do you know anybody that has done this path where they go and work for a GEC and then they've returned to consulting? I've known a few people that do that and they've been fairly successful for sure. It's a different path. Like you said, it's a much different path. This would be my recommendation to you. If I was in your shoes, this is what I would do is I would, you have these two options in front of you, which is, you know, stay with your firm and really sign up for building this department or go this route of trying to get a job with a GEC on the government side and build your contact network, your database, your BD skills for three to five years and then probably come back to consulting. So I would take a look at those two options on paper. I would look at the benefits and the the risks, the benefits to each one, very based upon where you are right now, your family, your career, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. And part of that process, what I would do is I would try to talk to at least five people. I would talk to the people that worked and went the GEC route, and I would gather information from them and learn about the process from them. And they could go back and do it again, would they, or what would they change? What would they have done differently? And then I would try to talk to some people, if possible, that have taken a department and grown it at one company, again, with the same questions. Like if you had the chance to do it again, would you, what would be different? And the other thing that I would try to do is I would try to, and I know this is a difficult thing to do, but I would try to find someone in your company that you can trust enough to have a conversation with and say, listen, I'm interested in possibly building this department out. What are your thoughts on it? Like, what do you think the opportunities are for me? What kind of feedback can you give me in terms of my skills? And if you think I'm capable or time frame and growth of the company, because this is a, obviously a huge decision, which is why we're talking. and. Whenever you face these kinds of decisions in your career, you don't want to leave anything to chance. You want to try to, as a good engineer would do, you want to try to get as much data as you can 
and put everything on the table and then try to make the best decision for yourself. So I think we've talked through some of the options here pretty well. I think we've kind of got them to find out the two different options and we've talked a little bit about the benefits and risks. I think a lot more of that will have to be done a little bit more deeper based on your own personal situation and maybe talking with your wife and family members and things along those lines. But because there is going to be risk involved in either way, of course, which you always want to evaluate the risk. I mean, you think that the GEC is stable, but we don't know how stable it really is. Maybe these conversations with these people that have gone that route might tell you otherwise. They might have contacts to put you in touch with, talk to one of these GECs potentially. I think that you're at a point where you're making a good decision in just evaluating this in general. I think that it's a good decision to look at. You're at basically at a fork in the road in your career. And most people might just stay on the path that they're in right now because that's easier, but you want to evaluate the other option, which I think is great. It's just a matter of evaluating it and feeling comfortable with your decision. And at the end of the day, what you're always trying to do is achieve whatever goals you have for yourself in your career. And we've pretty much nailed down that your goal is that you do want to be a VP and owner in a private consulting firm working on high level stuff, big strategy stuff, big picture things. So as long as you're putting yourself on the path to get there, that's what's the most important. The question is, is which one of these paths, there's no doubt in my mind that both of these paths can get you there. What's the best path for you and the best path for your family? Right. And what's the most, I guess, fulfilling path for me? You know, I'm looking for that fulfillment as well, which I'm getting it. Is another thing to think about the word fulfillment. Like if I were to ask you that question, what do you think in your career, what makes it fulfilling for you? Now, before the guest answers this question about what makes his career fulfilling, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. I have some big news for my civil engineer listeners. If you've been thinking of getting your PE license, but you're unsure of where to start, now is the perfect time to check out PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Best of all, PPI has recently released the brand new Civil Engineering Reference Manual, the essential book for your PE civil exam prep. Visit PPI2Pass.com to order the new Civil Engineering Reference Manual and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com. I also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TCE8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TCE, the civil engineer, and the number eight. Now let's hear what makes our guest's career fulfilling. There's a bunch of different things. And, you know, for me, one is helping, really helping clients solve their problems. That's fulfilling for me. But I've also really gained a passion for the non-technical side of things that, you know, you've hit on a lot in, in, in a lot of your other podcasts and discussions on, on your online forum. In regards to the non-technical, meaning helping people develop, being a mentor to people within the company, helping develop culture and helping with giving, you know, different things in regards to communication. That's something I think I have a lot of passion for is, is really fostering that within companies. My goal is to be a really good leader. I'm a manager right now and I see myself as a leader, but having growing 
as a leader and having that influence and building that influence within an organization, no matter where I'm at, I've gained a lot of passion for that side of things. Helping people develop, helping people reach their goals is something that I've realized is I'm passionate about are those things as well. I'm glad you said that because that actually may give us a little bit more light on this because it sounds to me that a fulfilling career for you is one where you're really going to be able to dig in somewhere and help to drive the culture of the firm, the growth of the firm, be part of one of these firms that really has a good, strong culture, that family type of culture. So if that's the case, and again, this all has to be looked at after this call, but I'm thinking that there might be more opportunity to do that where you are now, because if you go to a GEC for five years, I don't know what that's like. So there, maybe you can start and build a culture there but then you're probably going to leave again and then go somewhere else. And hopefully when you go somewhere else, you're going to land at the right spot and you can start to do that again. You'll be coming in at a, obviously at a much later stage in your career. I don't know how that will affect whether or not you can really help with the culture at that point. Even if you can, finding the right company is not that easy to do. So there's no guarantee that that first company after the GEC is going to be that long-term company. So if the one that you're in now is that long-term company, and if you could dig your heels in, you can grow your department, you can help to build the culture of your company and steer the direction of your company, that may give this current position an inside track to being a little bit more of a fulfilling position for you. That's something you have to think through, but that's what you just said is definitely one point to consider. So when you look at the benefits and risks of each one of these scenarios, make sure that you have a really clear definition and if it was me, I would type something out of what fulfillment means for you, because that may be one of the kickers in terms of the final decision. That's a great point. I mean, hopping around at a couple different places from like the government side back and forth, I'm not seeing you're going to be able to really be entrenched and think about really culture and growth. You're going to be probably focused on other things. So it's just something to consider. Yeah, you're right. And I was at my previous employer, like I said, the larger firm for quite a while and and you know, I enjoyed my time there and had some input into developing a lot of the younger staff and helping with the culture, with, at least within the office, where now I'm at within an office within a much larger organization, right? Well, now I'm in an organization where I can have that impact across the whole organization based on the size right now. And, and I'm not the type of guy that wants to be jumping around, obviously. You know, some people do that in their career and they're fine with that because they have different goals, but I'm the kind of guy that wants to be somewhere for a while. And so when I made this move, it was a, I thought a lot about it and I did it and and it was a hard transition at first, but I'm glad I did it. It's been really good for my development. And so I'm definitely not in a bad spot by any means. It's just something that, you know, I've heard in the industry about a good, a different alternative path to consider at least. So you brought up a lot of good points for sure to make me come up with a, a pretty good decision later on down the road. What is the current breakdown of your department? Like how many people work in your department and at what level are you in the department in the overall scheme of things? The department I'm in is probably about a size. It's probably like eight people. And I would say I'm like right at almost at the top. I have two people above me that, you know, one leads one side of the group and the other leads another side of the group. So that's where I'm at in the hierarchy of that group. So I think there's definitely long-term benefit to help one grow the group and develop within that group and then eventually be the leader of the group. It's a 300-person firm, and would you say it's a solid firm that's growing? You think that they'll continue to grow and be like a long-term player? They've experienced a lot of growth in the last 15 years, I said. 
the office I, you know, where I'm at, starting with four people up to 70 people just in the office I'm at, and it's continuing to grow. I'm not here to give you one answer or another. I'm here to help you diffuse the situation a little bit, evaluate the different alternatives, and then you have to, of course, talk with your family and look at this a little bit deeper. But the more we talk about it, the more I listen to you saying things like you want to build a culture, you're not really crazy about hopping around places, the company's growing, they're a solid company, you could have easily be the practice leader. I mean, there's a lot of things stacking up in favor of where you are right now, especially from my experience. And I do a lot of coaching and training for civil engineering firms. And I do work with a lot of firms that are in that 300 to 500 person firm. And I also see them grow. And these practice leaders in these companies have a tremendous amount of influence in these companies because of just the way that the companies broke down or broken down organizationally is that, you know, they kind of, when they look at an org chart, they bring these practice leaders are all in a very specific, special group of people. So in other words, if there's 300 people in the firm and there ends up being 10 people in your division, but you're leading that division, it's still going to give you a lot of say in a 300 person company because of that expertise that you have. So it's something just to think about when you go through the process here. And I think it's a good spot. I don't know a ton about the GEC, but like I said, what I would do after this is think about fulfillment, think about where you want to be in 10 years in your career, think about your next couple of years in terms of your personal life and how you want to go through that experience, talk with your family, talk with a couple of people that have gone the GEC route, maybe someone in your company if you're comfortable, and or someone that's built a division, a practice leader in a firm. As many of those points as you can gather would be helpful. And then I think you'll have some pretty good data to make pretty educated and informed career decisions. That's great advice. I'll go through that process. And I'm really not in any rush, which is a good place to be in, not a rush to make this decision. You know, I'm I'm not like on the spot because obviously going to give the company I'm at the due time. I'm not going to, I don't want to leave within a certain period of time. It would, whatever decision I make would be a year or two down the road or whatever in regards to going either path, see how it goes at least. But that gives me a lot to go off of and, and I got some a lot of homework to do. It's commendable that you're identifying potential options in your career and evaluating them and going through a rigorous evaluation process because these are big decisions and too often people make quick, fast decisions based on whether it's a salary or a title or a promotion or something that looks flashy. But maybe isn't the best decision for them long-term. So it's good that you took the time, I think, to reach out to me. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. I hope that all of the stuff that we've talked about will give you kind of the thought process and just some things to think about as you kind of make this decision. Yes, this has been extremely helpful, and I appreciate your time and advice. And as always, I really enjoy your, one, your advice, your leadership advice, and just all the content you're putting out for engineers in the industry. It's extremely helpful and I just really can't thank you enough. Well, thank you. And please let me know how things shake out. I'd love to hear how the whole process and decision-making process develops. Yeah, I will keep in touch for sure, Anthony. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a little different than usual, but I really wanted this listener to come on and talk about this challenge because I know many civil engineers face these challenges. And I commend him for doing it. Yes, he was anonymous, but just talking about things like this and being vulnerable and talking about weaknesses or challenges is not easy to do, but oftentimes it's what needs to be done for you to move forward. So think about what you're dealing with in your career 
and how you can expose it, shed some light on it, maybe receive some coaching around it and move the ball forward. Along those lines, before we wrap up, I do just again want to mention the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop, which does also have a coaching component of it. This is our five-week online workshop that has helped many engineers build their managerial skills. It is open to individuals or corporate enrollment for teams. You can find that all the information on engineer2manager.com. That's engineer2manager.com. Our next session starts in September. And I've told you about the program in the past, but what I want to do right now before we wrap this episode up is I just want to read to you two short messages from engineers that went through the program, emails that I received. The first one says, hello, Anthony. I've noticed that since I completed the engineering management accelerator workshop, I have been able to better align my priorities and not try to do everything the same day. I have started planning my day and focusing on important things. I utilize the techniques mentioned in the workshop to help meet my goals and manage projects as well as people better. I should say that my networking skills at BD events have improved as well as I'm able to approach people that I don't know and start a conversation. So we have a pretty rigorous course, a one-hour skill building session on productivity that she's probably referring to in terms of managing her day. And then in our networking session, I give our participants sample conversation starters. And so obviously it sounds like she's using them, which is great. Here's another message. Hello, Anthony. I got a promotion since I completed the engineering management accelerator, and now I'm responsible for an entire department. I'm sure that the engineering management accelerator helped me to get that position. Again, this is great. This is another engineer who he took the skills and he put them into practice and his company saw that for sure. But we'll also write a letter to your company if you'd like us to after the program, telling them that you went through this program to let them know that you're working on your management skills, which I think is very important. All right. So remember, you can find the show notes for today's episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 86. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode or any other resources that we might have mentioned during the episode. Again, keep plugging away in your career. I know it's not that easy to do. There's lots of challenges, but you can overcome them and you can build yourself an outstanding civil engineering career. And I hope I can help you through this podcast. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.